everybody. Welcome back to Fabulous. Hi, everyone. I'm Shannon Payne. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. <sighs> Still going. Still going. Oh, so good. I... <laughs> this one I have been looking forward to and also kind of like tropes. I was overwhelmed. Like how? <laughs> how? Because we gave you the whole internet? Oh my God. <laughs> Literally the entire internet is on like three sheets of paper right now. And that's like not true at all because again, I had to edit myself this right. week. So I'm going to give, we're talking about fan fiction this week, um, which oh, I, I think wait. is so fun and I love it. And I think it's amazing. And I learned some new things this week, um, but there's so, there's so much. So I'm going to give you guys an overview of what the situation of fan fiction kind of is. Okay. Um, give you guys a little brief synopsis of like two of the really popular ones right now. Like still, they were popular before and they're still popular. And it's from our generation for sure. <laughs> That's who's reading the most uh. um, uh e-reader books absolutely i was going through a bunch of those statistics Same. i did the and other I was week. like those bitches in their 30s we're they love a kindle absolutely <laughs> on board on board i'm gonna end this episode so you guys can get excited with my personal favorite selection of fan fiction Ooh, i can't wait <laughs> i don't know if it counts and you guys are gonna be angry when you hear what it is <laughs> Take a journey back in time with me really quick. <laughs> you- Hold on. Let me put my aim away message up. <laughs> B- BRB. Traveling back in time. Yep. <laughs> with Shannon. <laughs> Do you remember those books as a kid where the story didn't always end the same way depending on how you chose to read it? Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure books. We're the greatest thing They're to so good. ever exist in the humble opinion of my 90s child heart. Mm-hmm. They were so exciting. And you can read them over and over again over and, and pick different choices. Over and over and over again. It was so fun. Oh my god. I borrowed, so personally, I borrowed Give Yourself Goosebumps, like that series of books. Every single one of them from the library. <laughs> read every possible iteration of the story. I took the catchphrase, reader beware, you choose the scare. Ooh! To my heart. It was in my heart. I chose all of them, including Please Don't Feed the Vampire, where you might just turn Fifi the dog into a vampire. Oh, It was a great time. I loved all of them. They were so good. So why am I talking about Goosebumps in a season dedicated entirely to the world of romance novels? You might be asking yourself right now. <laughs> because the world of choose your own adventure is within grasp for any genre, all thanks to the magic of the art form of fan fiction. <laughs> Absolutely. Did the did you hate who the main character ended up with? Fan fiction can change that. Write your own. Right? Did you wish things got a little spicier between a set of characters and it just never happened? Fan fiction can take care of that. Did you, like, whatever you hated about a story, whatever you wanted to delve into more, fan fiction can change that. Love it. It's so good. And I, I think that it has a, a really unique place where it's it's flattering to, mm-hmm. like, the creator of the story, but it doesn't encroach on on their ownership of it. it doesn't right. take, take credit for their work. Because that's the like, thing with a, fan fiction. It's like, it, you're, 
everybody knows where it's coming from. Everybody knows the base of where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And the idea should be, with the exception of some things that we'll talk about here in a little while, that you're not making profit for it. You're just putting it out into the world. Celebrating the canon. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Not taking. Not taking. So... Some authors aren't super stoked about the situation, but some are. I'm and sure some there's reasons really awesome. why. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't delved into it because I think I'll get confused. I'm worried that I will think that the things in the fan fiction are really part of it. And oh, I yeah, won't, for I won't sure. That's a situation. On. That's a situation. I feel like that might be a silly fear. For though. sure. <laughs> I should probably just get in there. Uh, it's get in, jump in. There's a fan <laughs> fiction for you. And if it. It doesn't have to be real to the canon. It can still be real to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can still be part of the story. It's I think that's the best made part. up anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is real. Oh, don't let my brain hear that. It's going to take that and run with it. This currently <clears throat> is real. This currently is real. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Okay. We got into this a little bit when we talked about just the history of the romance novel in general. And I was really excited because it's like, it bridged into what this was really, really well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the history of contemporary fan fiction. Let's do it. It's going to be great. And I would like, it's hard for me because I want to be able to tell you guys that this is 100% the first piece of fan fiction to ever exist in history. This one thing is it. But the truth of the matter is I can't really do that because humans as a species have long told tales in their own way. They'll take right. one story adapt it and make it their own it's just been there forever and how many tina belchers have journals full of fanfic that we'll never see (laughs) so i mean they're everywhere like uh biblically how many different versions are there of when jesus was born oh so many. they all wrote their own absolutely that might be fanfic i don't know the bible kind of is fanfic (laughs) jesus yeah it's jesus fanfic (laughs) oh goodness If you remember back to the episode we were just talking about, the history of the romance novel and the history of fan fiction kind of go hand in hand and they go back a long ways. We have to go back pretty far to find the context for the fan fiction origin story. Oh. It's it's a lot. So arguments can be made for so many classic literary works being rolled into the fan fiction classification because as we talked about before in our Tropes episode... It's almost impossible to come up with a piece of literature that is 100% unique in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Just can't do it. So for like some examples that I found, Dante's Inferno, some could potentially argue that it's fan fiction based off of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, uh, is it Gene Reese or... Everyone can hate me. I'm going to say Gene Reese. Um, his, their book, uh, Wide Sargasso Sea, comes from Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. Um, oh, I've not read that. I haven't either, but like now I need to. And I've seen, I've seen that name before. I've read Jane Eyre a bunch of times. I love Jane Eyre. Tom Stoppard's uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, I can never say that one, are dead, tells the stories of two side characters from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Liz, this is the story. Here we go. The story that so many people are saying this is the first piece of literature that had fan fiction written directly for it. What is it? Let's jump back to 1726 and the release of Gulliver's Travels. No way! Yes! 
Oh my god! Oh, that's a mind blower, there. Uh, right? I was not expecting oh, that. Oh, Gulliver! Gulliver? Huh? Sure. Immediately following its publication, the 18th century world started taking the characters of the tale and running absolutely wild with them. Absolutely wild. Pure insanity. <laughs> Truly the most absurd, the most shocking adaptations, the better at this point. Like, people were going for it. Uh, some truly shocking adaptations occurred in visual arts form with components including Gulliver, the Lilliputian people, <clears throat> and an enema. And I'll let your mind do the rest of the work on this, but this was a legitimate piece of art based off of the book. Beautiful. Fan fiction art going. <laughs> it's a whole situation. After this, hundreds of adaptations start coming out, exploring more and more taboo subjects of the time. One compilation of work that truly stood out was a set of poems by Alexander Pope that told the story from Mary Gulliver's side of things. <laughs> the development of her character in the original story was absolutely minimal, but Pope fills in the gaps in his own way, telling her story at home, lamenting that there's no husband at home to take care of a certain set of needs. <laughs> And then when, the, when her husband does come home, he's loathing the human race in general, including his own family, meaning that even when he's home, a certain set of needs remain unattended. Oh, yeah, that's a sad story. I don't like it. Not a romance. Not truly a romance, but definitely a fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Pieces of fan fiction that centralized on more sexually explicit material continued throughout the 18th century. And this is, again, where we're going to bring up that book, Pamela, mm -hmm. uh, briefly, because that was the next big one that came yeah. up. Everybody wanted to write about Pam. Everyone wanted to write about Pam. And everybody wanted to start, like, reading up on these novels that started broaching taboo subjects and making it, like, taking it and making it their own in a little subtle way. It was, mm -hmm. it just kept going and going and going. Um to be inspired by someone else's art is not a bad thing. Absolutely not. To be a big fat copycat is that's a bad thing. But like, like give the credit where credits yeah, due. But we're all inspired by one another. That's not bad. No, that's so beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Just give credit. Just give credit. Um, this is really interesting. So, in a world of immediacy that like we live in today, it's not difficult to find fact fan fiction for just about any series, genre, theme, whatever you want. But for the 1700s, the story was a little different. <laughs> it seemed like just about everybody was writing their own fan fiction like we talked about, but it took a little more effort to get access to them. A lot of fan fiction at this time was being delivered to homes via postal service, which was becoming easier and cheaper. It was just easier to do it this way because of the Industrial Revolution sure. and the, the modifications that came with that. Fan fiction authors often played on this fact and wrote their works in epistolary form. Well, it might seem that these literary pieces aren't making it to the masses in the same way fan fiction might be today. People were still managing to get their hands on it. So much so that fan fiction led to a strong increase in liter literacy among the middle class in Europe as a whole. I love that. Isn't that cool? I love People that. People were just so excited to like... First, they shared this book, and now they're all sharing in these, like... The lengths I'll go to to get the rest of the story. Absolutely. Like, I will learn to read. 100% that's I'm going to learn to read. I think that's really cool, and I had no idea. Ooh. I love it. Fan fiction serves multiple purposes. Yeah. 
As we move on in the episode, I'm going to talk about some more major fan fiction movements from a more modern time in history. Things really start taking off in the 1980s. Star Trek really got a fan fiction scenario going. I'm not shocked. Yeah, people were... We're going we're gonna to get into some terminology here in a minute, and you'll understand. People were shipping Captain Kirk and Spock so hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. <laughs> Everybody was for that so much. And it just kept going and going and going. And we just kept getting more fan fiction for everything your heart could desire through the <laughs> 90s, 2000s, now. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah. The Leaky Cauldron website used to just be fanfic. Oh, for sure. Like, that was what it was. Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get it. You guys understand. We all know. Oh, my God. The demographic for our podcast is very similar to the demographic for romance novels. <laughs> Don't think that's escaped us, okay? Uh, it has not. We know that you're oh, we, our people. We understand. <laughs> or you're married to us. That, that too. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, I wanted to jump in for a second because for those of us who aren't as familiar with the fan fiction world, things can get a little overwhelming and scary and... I just like knowing terminology for a thing before I get into it, if that makes sense. Sure. We've talked about this in a lot of ways where I'm like, I just would like to understand and be able to speak in a way that, yes, reaches other people appropriately. Let's get into some. I have a whole list. I have too much. Sorry. I love a good list. (laughs) Mm. Can't stop. So the first one that's probably obvious to most of us, but maybe not, is fandom. So while this isn't necessarily fan fiction specific, it definitely bears explanation in the topic as a whole because it is a big, big, big part of it. A fandom is a group of people whose hearts unite over a specific collection of work. It could be fiction. It could be it could be anything, really. I went through a big super who lock phase. Oh, that was a real thing. It was a big it was a lot. Oh, my God. So much blue in my life. Oh, God. Too much. No, not too much. It was fine. This group typically knows everything. Every single minute detail about the thing that they're mm-hmm. a fandom for. They make little wikis. Oh, absolutely. They're serious. You know every bit of trivia. If someone came up to you and asked you a question about it, you would be able to be on the spot like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. 100%. So like for us, think Harry Potter. That's a big one. Think Twilight, both of which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're reading a piece of fan fiction literature about a specific book or series of book. They're very likely a part of the fandom as a whole. Yeah. Absolutely. These ones are nice beta readers. Every writer loves the availability of an editor. Someone (laughs) to check your work for those little bugs. Someone who can just make your work that much better. In the world of fan fiction, beta readers have volunteered to take on that role for you. And these people become like best friends forever. Absolutely. On opposite sides of the world. Right? It's so cool. I think it's so amazing how much it just unites people in this really yeah. cool way. Connected by their book boyfriend, One True Love. I love it. It's so sweet. I'm so on board for it. The best part of all of this is you're typically getting these editing services for free because the whole thing should be typically for free. Yeah. It's great. It's awesome. The amount of hours nerdy people are putting into their hobbies. I love it. It's like we're all very uh, interested in working for free. And that's true. And uh, we're not mad. 
No. But it is work. <laughs> Truly is work. That's uh, not wrong. <laughs> Seth Taylor spent uh, a whole Yankees game that I took a nap through sorting his Magic the Gathering cards. Ooh. And it's just like, it's it's just the passion of it mm-hmm. is is a part-time job. Yeah, for and he, sure. And he's not, he's not mad. Absolutely not. He's fully it's, thrilled. It's honestly a part of it. Like, yeah. I feel like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like, I got to keep up on my lists, and mm-hmm. I got to track my this, and I got to look for my that. Absolutely. It's so much fun. It's fun. <laughs> and then I'm part of it. Yes. And that's really what I want. It's yes. to be part of that world that I love. 100%. It, I love it. I'm so on board. Okay, we brought it up earlier. Shipping. <laughs> this is love shipping right this is where the world of romance really comes into play in the fan fiction scenario is this from tumblr yeah tumblr had a lot of this stuff shipping. is from tam like a lot of this stuff comes like finds impetus from tumblr uh-huh, uh-huh. truly any book any series can become a romance novel when shipping gets involved Boiled down to its basics, this is the idea that members of a fandom are strongly invested in the relationships of two or more characters found within the canon work the fandom is based on. Mm-hmm. It, you are just, your heart of hearts needs Bella yep. and Edward to get together. They usually start before we know like the couple, before before the real getting together happens. Mm-hmm. And even after... They, if they fall in love with the wrong person, I don't have to let mine go. Right. Well, someone else will write my version Truly. of the story. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm sure there are so many Team Jacob people who are like, and then once you get to this part, you only read this person's fanfic. <laughs> the rest of it is bullshit. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it's amazing. It keeps them away from Rigatoni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ren- Renaissance. Ra- mm-hmm. R- Renunculus. Re- I'll never know her real name now. I've spent too much time being silly. Renesmee! That's <gasps> such a horrible name! <laughs> Sorry for those who love it. That's not a great name. Mm-hmm. Mm. Rigor mortis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Slash. This one is pretty straightforward. The slash between a pair of shipped names. But in this instance, it is between two homosexual men's names. So it's, it's a, a pairing of two men together. Sirius and Lupin. Um, no take backs. Oh, that's a real. There's so much. It's the gayest, and I don't care what anybody says. I, I feel like I'm just going to mix in my Harry Potter stuff just throughout this. You're going to get You're it. Welcome. I'm not, I'm not going to do a, a specific Harry Potter one. We're just going to mix that shit in. Yep. Absolutely. They're in so love. Harry and Draco is massive Ooh. in the community. Everybody is shipping Harry and Draco. I thought everybody was shipping Hermione and Draco. Oh, that's a big thing, too. That's That's a huge thing. Which I, in my heart of hearts, you get to hear Shannon's nerdy side. That was the one that I was for, not because of the characters in the book, but because of the two people playing them in the movies. They're beautiful. Well, they're beautiful. And they have this like really like cute. They do. They have a cute little thing. mm -hmm. Does Draco go like full sub for Hermione? Guaranteed. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. the vibe. That's the vibe I'm getting. Absolutely. Some yes. (laughs) Some truly. I haven't read any. I'm just going to make it up as I go. Um, that is out there. I think that's how fanfic works. Absolutely. <laughs> I am going to guarantee it. If you can think of it, someone's written it. I love that. Someone's all, mm. like already seen that side of things. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, 
them slash. So it's the same thing as above, but it's two women's names being Ooh. separated by a slash. So it would be like Hermione and Ginny. Um, Ooh. It would be probably one. Professor. Oh, I don't know, but probably. Uh, oh, Tonks Professor has a big bisexual energy. Oh, she's got bisexual energy for sure. We got to put 100 percent. Tonks and Ginny. Yeah, for sure. Age gap. Age gap. What? Mm-hmm. That might be inappropriate. Well, when she's of age, it's fine. Yeah. Once Ginny gets a little bit older, we'll write about that one. Yeah. She's just got to be an adult first. Mm-hmm. Which I think she is by the end of the series. Right? Yeah. She has children. Yeah, so I hope so. So she's fully grown. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's an adult. We're good. Yeah. She fought a war. I think she's an adult right. at that point. Automatic age up. Mm-hmm. Truly. Achievement unlocked. Yep. Done. Done, done, done. Mary Sue. I think we all at one point in time have wanted to insert ourselves as a character in our favorite books. Like more than just visualizing ourselves as like a main character as it was written. We want to be an actual character in the book. Yeah. 100%. I want to go there. All the time. I don't want to be Ginny. I want to go to Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting on my letter. Uh Uh-huh. Currently. Truly. Or for Gandalf to take me on an adventure. I'm also going to have my caveat of... J.K. Rowling can go suck it. But the Harry Potter universe. I hope she sucks a transgender woman. Absolutely. Mm. But that was a, yeah, that was a thing for me was like, I was, I wanted that letter. I wanted it to be me in there. I wanted to read about me living this life. Mm -hmm. I wanted that situation. That is what a Mary Sue is. When you put yourself in. Uh Uh-huh. So it's a fan fiction trope where a new character is introduced to the canon works world. And this character has some striking similarities to the author of the fan fiction itself. (laughs) This character is a lot of times perfect, wonderful, has a new whimsical name because you can't name it yourself. I mean, you can, but memorizing spells mm -hmm. can't do math in her head. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So if you want to insert yourself into a fan fiction, that's a Mary Sue move. That's cute. Absolutely. So this one is confusing (laughs) Um, because... <clears throat> it can stand for two things that, while very similar, are completely different. Okay. So uh, get ready. PWP. You're either going to get porn without plot or porn with plot. Good luck figuring out your searches, friends. <laughs> mm, may God be with you. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Uh, Both are just fine, but... Do they not know about the W slash O? They should. <laughs> some, some have, like, delved into that, but there were so many, like, that I was looking up this week that I was like... What? What? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's. There's a lot to go down there. Mm-hmm, <clears throat> OTP. The one true pairing. Oh. <laughs> this goes back to shipping. And this is 100% ingrained in my brain as a Twilight situation. This is Team Edward. This is Team Jacob. Mm-hmm. 100% absolute resolve that this is the right couple for sure. I will fight you if you say I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Vicious bullshit, really. Truly. Vicious. Truly. Okay. Drabble. If you're looking for the short story version of fan fiction, this one is for you because Drabble is fan fiction writing that is limited to 100 words. Oh, it's just a scene. It's just one little scene. Little baby one. Mm -hmm. The TLDR. Yes. I know that smut isn't, like, 
relegated to the fan fiction world alone. It goes everywhere, but it was brought up here. But things that I didn't know really quick that I wanted to share with you all about what it is. So for those of you who are not sure, it's the porn world of fan fiction, really, is what it is. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what inspires fan fiction originally. Mm -hmm. Like fade to black. Wait a second. Hang on. I need some. I need some context here. Let's let's quickly flip over to my personal WordPress blog Mm -hmm. where I will write the dirty, dirty for you. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. I did not know what the words lemon and lime meant in smut situations. I don't know those. And I read so much smut. I know. Same. What am I missing out on? <laughs> Not much, but it'll help you. Like, basically, this is again back in like the Tumblr days. This is back when like you kind of had to be careful about how you cool. were about how you were like announcing what you were putting out there. Um, so lemons are for those uh, very sexually explicit pieces of work. OK, absolutely. Limes are for those just like sexually suggestive situations okay okay okay. so So, pg rated r as we all move back to tumblr because twitter is crumbling (laughs) what a world (laughs) when people talked about the down the decline of civilization i don't think they thought like regressing into old social media platforms (laughs) that's a whole new vibe i'm getting ready for my myspace (laughs) to come right back i wonder what song it's still playing Mm, i don't know i want to kind of go look if it's not make damn sure i don't know who i am (laughs) whole identity crisis is happening Truly. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's the world we live in. So better go figure it out real fast. Oh, it could have been kill. It might be Jimmy Eat World now. Okay. But I bet it's make damn sure. Mm -mm. I feel (laughs) I feel like mine is either something Avril Lavigne. Of course. Of course. (laughs) I don't know what else it would be, to be honest. That is when little children, when you would rub black eyeliner all mm, over the mm-hmm. opening of your eyeball, risking your vision permanently, <laughs> and then wash it off. Uh-huh. And that was how you did your eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. It was fine. I mean, it's not why I wear contacts now. So yeah. there's that. There, I mean, I guess it was fine. That was my style. And I took it a step further. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but we're, if I have, I'm sorry. At that phase in my life, I was trying to do the Avril Lavigne with a glittery black eyeliner. That's dangerous as hell. I've got glitter floating around in those eyeballs. very dangerous. Absolutely not. (laughs) (sighs) Every now and then, like, if you you blink or something and your eyeliner gets on your lower lash line and you're just like, no, God, (laughs) she can't come back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've been through so much therapy to get here. It's true. The <laughs> amount of times, though, that I am still told that, like, my whole aesthetic is Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it's, you don't wear a lot of black and white stripes or fingerless gloves. That's true. Minus the fingerless gl- gloves and stripes. Apparently, I've got that vibe. <laughs> I just put that out there. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to pay attention more. Mm. I've been told it a lot. Did you used to, like, straighten your bangs? Oh, Yeah. I wonder if it's just bangs. That might be. I feel like bangs say a lot about it. But Avril. this is like people who have never seen me with bangs. I don't know. I oh, don't know. I wonder what they're about. I don't know. I don't. You don't wear 19 friendship bracelets? I would, though. Yeah. To be real. Can we get friendship bracelets? Yeah. I really want this now. I think that's a good idea. Okay. On board. I would I would 100% wear every single one of them. With our, with our matching rhinestone fringe jean oh. jackets? 
Can we buy some before we wear them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a thing I just made up, but that's a thing we that's have. That's a thing we have. So. And I'm so happy about it. Not mad. Not mad at all. I need to figure out what I'm going to pair with it. I need to make Seth Taylor do a photo shoot of me with my arms out so the fringe looks like I have sparkly I want. I want the best pictures of the two of us. Just like mm. arms spread out in the most carefree pose to ever exist. Hair in the wind. Yeah, like, like, our, like our picture. Yes. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, you guys. Wait till you see our cover art. I think by this point you probably have. Yeah, they've seen it now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful. Oh, my God. Okay. My last piece of terminology here, and then I'll okay, give okay. us a break from this. Headcanon. Which oh, I think we all know. this comes from there? Uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so headcanon is a fan's personal interpretation of the original canon work, um, such as the backstory of a character or the nature of relationship between characters. Um, it's... It's typically, it, it has to, so this particular one has to stick within the canon of the story. It has to be like, it has to relate to that. If it, if you deviate from that, it's actually called fanon. Oh, but it's like the bonus details I add in my own head. Yes. So bonus details that make sense in the world. It's not taking, it's not taking any liberties and saying, let's bring in some extraneous things that don't really make sense in this right. world. Where fanon, you can definitely do that. You can bring in whatever the fuck you want. Okay. And make it. Because we don't use it like that anymore. Like when no. I hear headcanon, it's like that blew my mind. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Fan fiction, man. Okay, we've talked about Harry Potter to death. I was going to, I'm going to be talking, well, I was going to be talking about two of my, like the biggest ones. Like they were everywhere on the internet they're still everywhere on the internet it's still a thing harry potter was one of them i think there's like three fan fiction more than that like three like full ass repositories full ass repositories of fan fiction of everything yeah. well and there's like a play that was based off of the cursed child which was fan fiction yeah like it's there is one so of our friends much. very recently read some interesting fanfic and messaged me about it and i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and he was like, oh, I guess I've wandered a little far. <laughs> I think I've had the same conversation because I was so like, where's it at? Where can I find it? I am. I was I'm, like, I don't know that. I'm on board. <laughs> Please bring it on. How have I forgotten that? No, it's because it didn't. It didn't happen. It wasn't there. Oh, OK. So good. I love it. I'm so on board. There's so much. And it just like took the world by storm. Mm -hmm. And it's like it is an obsession. Yeah. And these people have written like full novels. Oh, yeah. Like they they have become incredibly skilled. Right. <laughs> and maybe their writing is whatever to you. If you if you've read it and thought that's not so good. But I mean, I've read books that weren't edited by real fancy professionals mm -hmm. either. You know, like it's still really brilliant. Well, there are so many. I, I should have written down more names. There are so many authors that are big now. Because of their fan fiction. Because of their fan fiction. I'll talk that. about one of them, obviously, but there are so many authors that their big works started out as fan fiction. I, love that. I think it's really cool. I love that that's like this jumping off point. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to What's me. What's the name of that cutie pie who started with just like YouTube videos and then Ed Sheeran saw him and now he's famous? Bleed until I can't breathe, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't think of the name. 
Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Thank you, because I my brain needs it. I can't move on. Sean Mendez. Thank you. Yes. He fanficked his way into a music. One hundred percent. Beautiful. I love He's it. Such a cutie pie. He's such a cutie pie. Mm. Ridiculous. <sighs> okay. Harry Potter. It's a big situation. I've talked all I've we've sprinkled it throughout. If you weren't there for it, it's hard to express what a huge deal it was. Yeah. Like every everyone was reading Harry Potter fans. Everyone. Like I would I would I would get pieces of it emailed to me. Uh-huh. Like it was it was nuts. You'd go to Leaky Cauldron, you'd get sorted, and you started reading dirty fan fiction. One hundred percent. It was amazing. Yeah. I love it. I'm it yeah, on board. Super on board. The other one of our like our particular time in life is Twilight, obviously. Obviously. I don't know how I would do my early twenties without it. No. No. And there was It was off the fucking rails. It was wild. That it was another one where fans were just obsessed. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. And you were getting stories. It was kind of like you said, when in the parts where Edward is with uh, with uh Bella, mm-hmm. you can write fan fiction from the from like uh I was gonna say Taylor Lautner, and that's the actor, not Jacob. Good yeah. lord. <laughs> <laughs> so you can like read fan fiction from the right? Jacob point of view of things if that's what you were thinking. Like it is Everywhere. And there is so much. Um, It was kind of like we couldn't wait for the next book to come out. Right. We had to get more stories. Yes. Which is so, like, that. that is a big driver of all of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah, it was It used to take a lot longer. It took forever to get things, like, out. Imagine current Game of Thrones fans. You get it. Yes. We were waiting for a long time. Now I feel like it's every single year. Right. A new book comes out, which mm-hmm. still feels interminably long. Right. But it just it just seemed like forever. It seems like such and a long time. I was on my mission when oh my the God. last Twilight came out. That fucking I hurt for you. Devastating. How? How? Ugh. Granted, I did get it. And that was like the one where I was like probably the most disappointed for staying up. Till midnight was the last book. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. But <laughs> everything else before that, good times. Mm-hmm. Mm. There, so, again, here, so much we can go with, but there is a definite clear winner in the world of Twilight fan fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is Fifty Shades of Grey. And you're thinking, what? Yeah. Yeah. Before the world was introduced to Miss Steele and Mr. Gray, this story was actually published published on the site fanfiction.net under the name of Snow Queen Ice Dragon. Nice. The original title of the book? <laughs> Master of the Universe. Not Masters of the Universe, although I guarantee you there is fanfiction for that too. So go look for it. No. It just occurred to me there was He-Man fanfiction. <laughs> There's He-Man fan fiction. I know there is. I know it's out there. That's not what this is. This was not He-Man fan fiction, though. It master of the universe. Master of the universe. So it was not called Fifty Shades of Grey. It was called Master of the Universe. Uh-huh. I don't understand. I don't know. It must have gone. There were, there were probably phases of progression. Yeah. Like when did the vampires leave? Right. Well, yeah, because you're probably thinking when I tell you this. Fifty Shades of Grey might kind of have some parallels to Twilight, but it doesn't really feel like it. There's no paranormal aspect. No. And yeah, in its final version, you are absolutely right. But things like things changed 
across the board. So mm-hmm. distinct parallel plots that were easily identifiable in Master of the Universe version. So the most obvious of which were the fact that the characters were named Ellen or Edward Cullen and Bella Swan. That makes sense. So they were it was the names were taken from it. The setting was taken from it. It was a whole situation. Um, the original version really was Twilight fan fiction with just like a hint of more sexually explicit situations. Oh, and then it just evolves. And then it evolves. So it was the website's concern over that sexually explicit nature of things that kind of nudged E.L. James, a.k.a. Snow Queen Ice Dragon. <laughs> the direction that she went. Her mother. Absolutely. <laughs> In the end, she removed the original piece of fanfiction from fanfiction.net, removed any truly overt connection to the Twilight series, including changing the names to Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele, and published her work to the masses, which they ate up like candy with her book selling over 150 million copies worldwide by 2017. It was a lot of our first exposition of BDSM. Truly. We had never None of, encountered that world before. A lot of the world had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yay for it doing that. I think, like, yay for it opening, it opening that up as a topic of discussion, as something that's legitimate. Um, this is interesting to me. This kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, in the UK... Fifty Shades of Grey sold more copies than any individual Harry Potter book in the year 2012. The place where Hogwarts is? Uh Uh-huh. Dirty girls. Absolutely. And boys. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a big fan of that. Absolutely. Congratulations, UK. Absolutely, right? Good job. (laughs) I just saw. Recently, the coronation occurred. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I saw the headline in the Scottish paper. It said, like, man in chair wears hat. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the cheek of it. I love it all. So good. So good. Mm. So we talked about it before. Some authors are not always stoked about the fact that fan fiction authors are taking their works and playing off of them. Sure. But Stephanie Meyer seemed to take James's success in stride, saying... That's really not my genre, not my thing, but good on her. She's doing well, and that's great. She that's was a pretty girl's excited girl. for it. Absolutely. I mean, I can say, you know how I feel about, about uh, taking credit for other people's work. Right. I have a whole situation with mm-hmm. it. I feel like this is, this is different. This is different. Because she, if had she published the original piece of work. That would have been shitty behavior. That would have been the worst. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the worst. But this, like... Changes were made to a point where it is not identifiable as a Twilight piece of And that makes it okay. Literature. Exactly. That means you were inspired and then you made your own thing. Yes. And I love that. I'm for that. The inspiration aspect of it, on board, 100%. And it honestly does not take anything away from the Twilight fandom. No, definitely not. So, I mean, it's not hurting anyone. No. Except for, you know, the BDSM community who feels real judged at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, because that's a thing. <laughs> it's worth noting that the world of erotic fiction in general saw a revitalization after the success of Fifty Shades of Grey. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But not everybody was stoked about the content. And people across the aisles were both upset, but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
It was a whole situation. Um, Nobody's comfortable with the phrase, I'm 50 shades of fucked up. Right. Everyone thinks that was a maybe a pass. That was a maybe not a good situation. (laughs) Um, That was a little bit of a poor portrayal. But um, yeah, uh, I liked that it brought up the conversation of BDSM. It brought up this conversation of lifestyles that maybe not everybody partakes in. But that doesn't make it bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Conversations of explicit consent. Yes. And how you can go about those. That's yes. really cool. 100, because that is the, we've talked about this before, the BDSM world in its real form is all about consent. Mm-hmm. And like real consent. Because it's not fun if it not. Exactly. It's not, it's not a good healthy thing if there is not consent mm-hmm. all the way across Informed the board. Informed consent. Yes. 100%. But the BDSM community is not stoked about their portrayal as well, because really, this is not a BDSM book when it really comes down to it. Um, I'm going to read. There was there was a couple of articles published in the Journal of Women's Health. And then there was a Huffington Post article about a scientist, um, a social science professor, sorry, named Amy E. Bonamy. And she published a study where there were a bunch of professionals who came together, read and assessed all of the Fifty Shades of Grey books. um, And they were assessed for characteristics of intimate partner violence using um, the CDC's standards for emotional emotional abuse and sexual violence and found that nearly every interaction with Anna and Christian was emotionally abusive in nature, including stalking, intimidation and isolation. He has like creepy, uh, unresolved PTSD situations. Yes. Like he has, he's, and he's, he's been, he's been harmed. He's been harmed and he's using that, he's using this in kind of the wrong way. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't what BDSM is about. It's not about, I don't know. It's just that, that is not what this is. Um, just, I, I don't think that it's it's not fair to say that it's a thing that people do to recover from a bad right, situation. Right. That, or that you have to have been damaged in some way in to, some want, way to, participate to want to in participate it. in it. Exactly. Yeah. One of the ideas of like Anna exhibiting signs of like an abused woman because she's like constantly perceiving a threat in most situations in the book. She's stressed out and managing. She's got a lot of managing mechanisms in place and her whole identity eventually kind of becomes altered as you read through the books which That's is not very a good bella. thing that is a very bella situation mm-hmm. um and it so is stalking yeah and intimidation super was it all was. okay i see it now <laughs> there's there's parallels for sure and there were some of those like it just it was really hard when it was tied so intrinsically with bdsm this these is what actions it is. were these these like negative situations these harmful situations were tied so intrinsically with the bdsm portions of the book that it linked them together Mm -hmm. which is which is the problem yeah that's the problem there's no problem in like having flawed characters who have trauma in their past and are trying to work through it and there's no problem with including bdsm in books there's no Mm -hmm. problem with either one of those scenarios but when you link them intrinsically together in a way that says one belongs with the other that's the problem, right? Makes total sense. Absolutely. I think there's there's a, such a big tendency, when, especially when it comes to morally gray, mm-hmm. romantic interest characters, to 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 want them to be pretty fucked up, 
Right. Because it because it's it being scared might be part of what you like about that. Right. Yeah. And, and when you take that and 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 give those characteristics to someone's real life behavior mm-hmm. that can be hurtful to those people, Absolutely. Or those communities. Um, and honestly, I don't there aren't a lot of us who would say that's actually what I'm really into in real life. Right. There are things that are fun to read about. Right. <laughs> that maybe you wouldn't want to enjoy. Actually. actually and that's that's okay right so it's just there's just a lot of uh lines yes that you have to be aware of not in mm-hmm. a like appease every single community right. kind of situation mm-hmm. but just you know ex- expressing things in a healthy way and yeah. and and saying hey this is this is not great right i'm gonna talk about this behavior it's pretty shitty Mm-hmm. Just so you know, if you think it's hot, that's fine. But just but it's pretty shitty. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't know how you're necessarily supposed to communicate that. Right. But I think it, it's it's beneficial. And it's one of those where I'm not saying, like, if you like the Fifty Shades of Grey books, you're, like, a shitty person. That's not what yeah. I'm saying either. Yeah. Like, they had their place. They, mm-hmm. obviously, people were, people were reading it like crazy. I, I read it. Right. Like, I get it. I totally get it. And that's, mm-hmm. there's just... With everything, there's always that potential for problematic representations. Right. We've made it. And we've we've touched on this a little bit, kind of. My favorite fan fiction. It's not even fan fiction. It's Tina's fan fiction in Bob's Burgers. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. The- Tina Belcher is everything I wish I had been as a kid her age. 100%. And, like, her parents. Her parents yeah. 100% support her in everything, including this. Like, they don't demean it. Yeah. They don't. They they embrace her. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. They don't make fun. They're just like, yeah, that's a thing that she does uh, in there. Absolutely. <laughs> She's writing some smutty fanfic in our little. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, what do you call those notebooks? They look like journals. Oh, um. Composition. Yeah, little yeah. composition notebooks. Absolutely. Full of dirty fanfic. She, like, the very first one that was, like, out there was a, basically, like, a footloose yes. one. <laughs> I just love it so much. Mr. Franz banning touching butts. You can't touch As butts. she comes in in her shiny outfit and is like, no, we're going to do this. And, oh, is that the one so with good. the long hair and the uh-huh. leotard? Oh, yep. it's, it's so, so good. It's if so you good. ever need, like, parenting advice, just watch Bob's just Burgers. Wa- oh, 100%. That is the most, like... Like, they are they are a good family. Oh. <laughs> I just really like them. It's beautiful. And they're imperfect, mm-hmm. you know? They don't have every single resource. No. And they're doing a great job. They're, the sheer, like, and I, I just think that's what I love about it, is it's the sheer acceptance of mm-hmm. themselves and their kids and their family at where they're at and being yes. there for each other and just such so beautiful. fun and tender and amazing ways. I love that show. I can't speak highly of it enough. One of my favorite episodes is the Halloween one where Gene thinks they're about to die. Yes. And he was like, I just want to let you know to his dad, like, I'm having a pretty good childhood. (laughs) Like, not this moment specifically, but like overall. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) It's so tender. It's so tender. But all three of their kids are very unique and Mm -hmm. just little cute little weirdos, you know, who Mm -hmm. like, who like things that are maybe not very mainstream. Yeah. And they're just letting them be who they are. It's so, it is so wonderful. And That's every, great. I love the ones where they all get to tell stories. I love the ones where like <laughs> Tina's fan fiction stories come out to life. They're just mm-hmm. fun. It's just Gene writes fun. a song for everybody. Yes. It's so, 
So good. So that is my favorite fan fiction with, I've probably read entirely too much Harry Potter fan fiction. <clears throat> Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Epic. Yeah, it's true. Fan fiction. That is, I'm stopping here because there <laughs> is so, there's so much. And it's like, I, it was like tropes where I just, you can't, you yeah. can't narrow it down. So I'm throwing this out to the world. Uh, there is a piece of fan fiction out there for you. Absolutely. Absolutely, there is. You all should go out there, get a little brave, go find a piece. Go re- yeah. go find something that you're interested in. Find that find that piece of literature. And then find the secrets. Uh, and then find the little secret, like, backstories. That sounds fun. That's super fun. Rainbow Rowell is a really lovely author. She wrote Fangirl. Yeah. And in... in I think she's made a universe inside her universe. So there's like a famous, I can't remember. It's been a while since I read it. It's either like a TV show or a comic book or something. And then she writes like fanfic about it (laughs) and it becomes a whole other series. I love it. It's so fun. Like there's just so many like worlds within worlds that Mm -hmm. you can, uh, you can find with fan fiction. Absolutely. And we don't have to say goodbye to our favorite places and characters. It can keep going. It, It could be so much fun. I love it. And I think you guys will too. So don't look at it negatively. It's all a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's not all spicy. No, it doesn't have to be. It can be whatever you want to find. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, goodness. This has been a fun week. Yeah, it has. (laughs) Friends, let's do this again sometime. Say hi to your mom for me. Bye.